The following audio is from the Grove Church Snohomish campus. For more information about our church or to listen to previous sermons, check out our website at grove.church. And again, just wanted to say a huge thank you. One of the things we talk a lot about as a church is that we want to love God, connect with each other, serve all. And this event was really a a huge serve all event where it took everybody to make it happen. So again, I just want to say thank you for all the hard work, for your dedication in making um, that event happen. It was an awesome night for our church. Another thing I want to tell you today is a little bit of a story and a journey to kind of bring you into the big picture of the Grove Church as a whole. Um, Some of you may or may not know this, but um, our church, uh, we adopted a church and became Grove Church Snohomish, but we have two campuses. We have one in Marysville, and now we have the one here in Snohomish. And some of you know this story because maybe you were a part of the Marysville campus, but a lot of you actually started coming to the church uh, either from this community or communities around. So maybe you don't necessarily know this journey or this story that our church has is, is been on. And so I want to bring you into a little bit of a story that's going to tie in to the topic that we're talking about today. But um, literally, I think it's been probably now 11 years, almost 11 years, uh, where uh, Pastor Nick and Heather Baumgart, the lead pastors of our church, um, decided, uh, this is probably back several years ago, that we had, we had we own property that's in North Marysville. It's about 57 acres of property. And so for about the past 11 or so years, it was decided that we were going to try to sell this property um, in order to continue to further the work at both when we only had Grove Marysville, but also to further the work of future campuses in the future that we always had in mind. And so it's been an about 11-year journey of trying to figure out how to sell and work this property to be able to get really a huge boat anchor for our church financially um, sold and uh, and moved on. And so there's been a lot of prayer, uh, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of energy, a lot of meetings. And what ended up happening through, through a lot of different series of events, I don't have all the time into going it today, but at one point uh, we thought it was going to be sold to a developer and they were going to build uh, ball fields and, and things like that. This was years ago. At one point we thought it was going to be sold to a developer to build homes and we went through a process of, of a journey of that. And it's been a lot of, like I said, a lot of time, a lot of prayer, a lot of energy, a lot of sacrifice to try to figure out how to get this property sold for the church. And so so it's been kind of a crazy journey where we've held onto this property, obviously have to pay taxes on that property, and it's been a huge weight for the church to have to hold onto this for this uh, many years. Well, this week, um, through again, another series of events, we thought first it was going to be sold to a developer, and they were going to build massive homes, and then different people got involved and wanted to challenge that, and so we had to go into litigation through that. Long story, but all to say, I'm so thrilled and pleased to announce that today, this week, that property has been sold. Can we give God praise for this? This is a huge, huge thing. Now, you may sit here and go, well, why is that such a big deal? Well, again, by selling this property, we're able to continue to do what we feel in our hearts God has called us to do, to continue to move his kingdom and his mission forward. And so we're celebrating this today. It is a huge, huge 
huge answer to prayer that this property has finally been sold and we get to continue to move forward in what God has. It's interesting because in the same week that we sold the property is the same week that we had already planned prior to this even happening, the topic that we're gonna talk about today, which is generosity. And today's equation goes something like this. It says, faith plus generosity equals eternal impact. And I really wanna hone in on this word legacy just for a moment as you see that up there. As we think about this message today and we talk about generosity, we talk about resources, talk about money, I want you just to think about legacy for just a moment. I want you to think about your life right now and I want you to think about what will be the eternal impact of your life when you are no longer here. And I want you to have that question in your head today as we work through the message. I want you to think about what kind of impact will my life and will my family make in God's kingdom and for the future of what God has. It's interesting because whenever um, money or resources or finances, whatever you want to call it, is talked about in church, there's always a big, big sigh. You know, some people feel real comfortable with this conversation. Some people feel very leery of this conversation. And it's interesting because what I wanna try to do today is I wanna try to remove every barrier I possibly can to the topic of finances. For some in this room, um, you didn't grow up in church, okay? You didn't have a Christ-centered home. You weren't modeled, you know, giving or tithing or being generous. So maybe for you, you come to this conversation and you're just like a little, about you know the church and money. Maybe you've seen some abuse happen or you've read the reports or have you heard. So you have a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth about the topic of finances. Some of us, we, we sit here today and maybe we grew up in families and I know a lot of people have this story where finances weren't even talked about in your family. In fact, you sit here today and go, I never knew who controlled the finances. I never knew where it came from. I didn't know if we had a lot of it or a little. I, I didn't really know anything about finances. In fact, for some in here, maybe your parents never talked about money in front of you. They never explained how bills work or how dollars get spent. And so growing up, you were just like, hey, you know, I had my food, I had my clothes, and it just wasn't even something I thought about. In, in our life group a couple weeks ago, we talked about uh, for some of us who grew up in a Christ-centered home, sometimes our, our mom and our dad would, would give us like a dollar and say, hey, you know, put this in the offering today. But for some of us, and it was interesting to hear this from some people, sometimes that wasn't even explained. It was just like, put the dollar in the offering, but the reason behind it wasn't necessarily explained of why do we actually do what we do. It's interesting because some of us, though, also, maybe you grew up in church, but you never knew the difference between, and we say it every Sunday, hey, we're going to collect, or we're going to take up the tithe and the offering. And you go, what, what's the difference between a tithe versus an offering, and why do we use both of those terminologies when we talk about giving? And so we come to this conversation with a lot of different opinions and thoughts about finances and resources. What's crazy is that when we talk about being generous and being uh, a person that's generous with our money, it's something I want you to think about when we think of an equation like this. It says the equation is faith plus generosity equals eternal impact. Let me, let me talk about faith for just a minute. It takes faith to give generously to God's kingdom. Why? Because to give, it always requires faith. Because what we're doing is we're saying that we're going to give some of our resources, some of our money to God, believing in faith that whatever is remaining, God is going to take care of our needs. Can I hear an amen? 
So that alone takes an, an, a, a dose of faith. It takes a step of faith. So we, we, we know it's going to take faith to believe that God will multiply and take care of the current needs you and I have. Generosity, to give beyond measure, to give in abundance. When we think about the life of Christ and we think about what he had to say, basically in the scriptures, the, the Bible is full of so many different truths, but in the scriptures, when we look at the life of Christ, we learn everything we know about Christ through the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And in these four gospels, if you add up uh, topics on, you know, healing, topics on God's miracles, topics on uh, parables and stories. If you, if you look at all the gospels, the one topic in the, in the Bible of Christ's life, the one topic that's talked about more than any other topic in the life of Christ is the topic of money, the topic of resources. And I think Jesus talked so much about resources and about money because he knew what it does to our hearts. There's something about resources and money that does something to our hearts that nothing else does. And my goal today and my hope for you today is that the reason why we take a message like this and talk about generosity once again today is that it really matters what's going on on the inside of your heart, doesn't it? Something happens when we surrender all of our heart to God and when we talk about generosity, I really want you to think about this. I want you to think about God cares about my heart. Christ cares about what's going on on the inside of my heart. And so generosity is something I want for you. It's not something I want from you. I'm not asking you to give all of your money away to the church. I'm not asking you to give out of compulsion or manipulation. I'm not asking you to, be, to feel any awkwardness about this topic. What I want you to understand is that Christ cares deeply about your heart. And as your pastor, that's what I care most about is your heart. And that's why this topic is so important. And so we come to this conversation with all of the different stories and all of our different backgrounds, and we know this truth, that God's work has always been provided by God's people. In fact, the work of God is always provided by God's people. The work of God would not happen. People would not be reached by Christ. People would not know about Jesus unless people gave and gave generously to the work of God. Can I hear an Amen. So it's always required people to give and to be generous. As we read the text today in Matthew 6, again, I want you to think about that one question, legacy. What kind of legacy and eternal impact will you make with your life? What will you be known for? What will your life be summed up as, you know, when they're doing the memorial or the funeral for your life, what will they say about you? That's the kind of perspective I want you to have when it comes to our resources and our finances. Let's read in Matthew 6 and verse 19. Very, very famous passage of scripture. My prayer is that we can hear it new today. It says, this is Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I want to read that one more time. 
For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Let's pray for God's word today. Would you bow your heads with me? God, I thank you and praise you that we all come to this table and this conversation from a variety of different backgrounds, from a variety of different perspectives, but yet, Lord, your word is the standing truth. It is your scriptures, it is the life of Christ, it is his words that really remind us how we are to live, how we are to give, what you call us to do with our resources, with our money. And so I thank you and praise you, God, that you're going to speak once again by the power of your Holy Spirit to every single person in here. It's in your good name we pray. Everyone said, amen. So this is a, a very, very famous passage of scripture. Maybe you've heard it before. Jesus goes, goes on to say, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. So when we think about treasures on earth, I think of a few different examples. I'm sure you've experienced this once or twice in your life, but how many of you, you've ever, you've ever had to buy a car? Go ahead and raise your hand. You've ever had to buy a car? Yeah, a lot of us, okay? All right, how many of you hate car shopping? Go ahead and raise your hand. Me too. Hate it. Can't stand it, okay? But there is something about when you buy a new car, all right? And we all experience this, okay? It's, you're on the lot. You're looking at vehicles. You know, someone there is helping you, trying to figure out what you need. And then there's that moment where you maybe find a car you like, and you go to open the door, and what happens? The new car smell. Like, it's just, it's amazing, the new car smell. It doesn't matter uh, if the car is, you know, what, what year necessarily it may be, but you all know that when it's a brand new car and you open up that door and you get that smell, it is contagious. It's affection. You're just like, oh my word, this is amazing. I love this smell. And they do it on purpose. Like, they're totally doing it to us on purpose because they know, like, wow, this smell is, is just Oh, my word. But you and I know, and I have kids, you and I know that that new car smell, if you end up buying that car, whatever car it is, that new car smell ultimately just turns out to be goldfish and vomit. Okay? Like, that's exactly what ends up happening. All right? That new car smell totally fades away. Okay? We, uh, we bought a car a few years ago, a Yukon, and man, it just freaking, I mean, it just blew my mind how nice the car was. And that smell just overwhelmed me. And now, I'm like vacuuming it out yesterday, and it reeks like, you know, old food. And I'm finding stickers that Lydia's putting all over the seats. And I'm finding stuff that shouldn't be there, and marks on the window, and, and you know, crackered rubbed on the side. It's like, it just fades away. That, that new smell that you had at once when you first opened that door, it fades away. The, the, the excitement, the lush, the wow, the beauty, it fades away. So, sometimes I get a, a lot of flack about it. I'm sure I'll get flack about it after this message. But for, for some people, if you're a dude in here, how many of you, man, you just hate shopping? Like shopping for clothes, it's not you. Raise your hand, you hate shopping. Yeah, a lot of us guys, you know, we don't like, like shopping. Me personally, clothes shopping, I absolutely love it. 
Okay, like I love shopping, okay? Absolutely love shopping for clothes, love finding new outfits. I'll usually spend a date night with my wife looking at clothes, trying clothes on. I'm just weird like that, right? This is why I'm not a normal dude. But there's nothing better or gratifying when like you find a new pair of pants that you like or a new sweater or a new shirt and that first feeling of putting on like that pair of jeans or pants for the very, and there's nothing like it. You're like, oh, this, this sweater, this shirt, this feels so nice. But then what happens? The first wash happens, the worst wash ever, right? And it never feels the same. It never felt like the first time that you wore it, right? Like I have black pants on today. I don't even wash my black pants because I don't want them to fade right? Because I know that the minute I wash any pair of black pants, they will never look as black as they do right now. (laughs) It's awful. I'm a horrible person, okay? But it fades away. That new excitement of a new gift, it fades away. The clothes don't feel as new anymore. The pants don't feel as new anymore. The car smell doesn't feel as new anymore, and it gets dirty, and it gets tired. And what Jesus is saying, he's saying, don't store up treasures in, on earth where moth and rust will destroy. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, it's all going to fade away. It's all going to fade away. You're not taking your stuff with you to heaven. I'm not taking my black pants to heaven. It's all gonna fade away. The new car smell is gonna fade away. The vacations are gonna fade away. That new home, that turnkey, it's gonna fade away. That love, that love and that joy and that one, you know, excitement you had for that thing or that whatever, it will fade away. It will not last forever. He's saying, don't store these things up because nothing in this life is gonna last forever. The newness, the excitement is gonna fade away. It's temporary. It's only for a season. Jesus says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. See, when we look at something like that, we go, Jesus, you're saying to lay up treasures in heaven where nothing fades away. So the question that this begs us to answer here is, so what are treasures then? What are treasures in Jesus' mind? If it's not the, the clothes that we wear or the things that we own or the homes that we live in, what are treasures in God's economy and in, in God's perspective? What are treasures? Well, treasures in Jesus' economy and his kingdom are people. They're people. Jesus is saying, what I want you to do is I want you to invest your treasures in people because people will not fade away when they know me. In fact, it's the promise of scripture that if we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we will get life and life more abundantly, but also the promise of eternity with Christ. So Jesus is saying, I want you to invest your resources, your money in the lives of people because people will not fade away in my economy. People will not fade away when you invest your dollars and your time and your resources in investing in the people that I came to die for and live for. Can I hear an amen? And then he says this very strong statement, for where your treasure is, there your heart is will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
the, the heart, all of the emotions, all of the will, all of the desires, your, your heart being the very center of your life. God is saying through Christ's words here is that where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Whatever you put your money to is an indication of where your heart is. He says it's connected to your resources and your wealth and your money. That is where your heart will be. He's saying the nature of one's heart is reflected in the things that one values most. Where your treasure is, there Now, it takes an interesting turn. And a lot of times, different people who have spoken on this passage of Scripture turn this to mean something separate from wealth. But I want you to understand why Jesus is saying what he's saying. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. He just said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And now he's talking about our eyes. It's like, what, what is going on here? How is that connected to our wealth, to our money? The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. What Jesus is saying is that when you and I are generous people with our wealth, when we're generous people, here's what it is. It means our eyes are open and they're full of light. It means our eyes are looking for opportunity to be able to give and be a blessing to others. It means our eyes are looking to be generous and gracious and to give without measure and to be generous people. And when our life, when our heart, when God has our heart and has our treasures and has our wealth, it means that our eyes will be wide open, full of light. We'll have generous eyes to see need and to give to need and to help those in need. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. It makes me think about Scrooge as, as we come into the Christmas season. And in the beginning of, of Scrooge's life, you remember the people that come to him and say, do you want to give to these things? And he's just like, he's just this stingy and he's this greedy and he's this very selfish, closed up type of a person. What Jesus is saying is that when we hold on to our wealth like that, when we're like Scrooge and, and we're, we're stingy, we're, we're greedy, we, we want to hold on to... Our, our eyes, our life begins to be full of darkness. It means we're no longer looking through, through, lies, through eyes of, of light and looking for, we're, 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 we're like this, we're, we're hunkered down and our eyes are down, our head is down and we don't look for that opportunity. It means we're holding on to the things that we believe are of value that are actually not valued. He says, if then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. One is going to have to be Lord of your life. Both cannot be. Let me illustrate it a little bit differently for you. I'm going to have this little illustration come out. I've got a couple of guys helping me. A lot of times when we talk about finances and, and wealth and money, whatever you know, word you want to use, a lot of time the word stewardship comes up. 
It's this idea that we're all stewards of what God's given us. Have anyone ever heard the term before, stewardship? We're stewards of what God has given us. Well, I think when it comes to our finances, I think this will really help us understand what it means to live with stewardship. Thanks, guys. A lot of times, sometimes we treat our finances and we treat our our money, sometimes we treat them just like this. And again, I'm, I'm trying to illustrate stewardship here for a minute. Sometimes we, we look at our finances and our, and our wealth as if all of it belongs to us. Right? This, is, this is all ours. Or if we grew up in, in a Christ-centered home, sometimes we were taught, and, and, and maybe even think this today, that maybe only, you know, we would say 10%. They talk about the tithe a lot in church, meaning giving 10% of your income. So sometimes we look at our resources and our wealth, if this being 10%, that that, 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 that belongs to God. So again, some of us thought and still think that all of it belongs to us. This is all ours. Some of us in here think that only, no one's going to eat these gumballs. Some of us think that only, only 10% belongs to God. This belongs to God right here. And I give that to church and that's, that's God's. And everything else is still mine. But the scriptures actually, Jesus taught that all of it get in there, get in there. That all of it belongs to God. That this is actually all of God's. That every dollar and every cent and everything I make belongs to God. And when I have my heart in the right place, and he fully has my heart and my treasures, it means I look at my wealth and I look at what I earn and I say, God, this is all yours. What do you want me to do with it? How do you want me to steward it? What are you asking me to do? And I'm telling you right now, folks, there is freedom in living like this. There is joy in living like this. But when you and I live as if only some of it belongs to him, it means that our wealth and our money still has control of our heart. It's stewardship. It all belongs to him. Faith plus generosity equals eternal impact. As I asked earlier, what will be the internal impact you make in your lifetime? Will you be the kind of person, will you be the kind of family where you're marked by generosity and your eyes are wide open looking for opportunity to help those in need? Will people say that about you after you're gone? You know, that family gave and gave generously and they didn't do it knowingly, but they blessed my family in ways that are hard for me to to describe. Will that be the kind of impact that you will have for all of eternity? The the legacy that you leave behind? Will will you be marked by making a lasting impact for God's kingdom and his work on this earth? Because again, the the smell's gonna fade away. The, the, The clothes are gonna fade away. But God's people, worthy to be found people today, they will not fade away. God calls you and I to invest in his kingdom. 
It makes me think about our church today, Grove Church Snohomish, when I think about legacy and I think about generosity. It makes me think about what will be Grove Snohomish's eternal impact? What will be the impact of this body of believers sitting right here in this room? Years down the road, decades down, what will be the impact of this church and this beginning and what God has called us to do right here in this moment? When we're long gone, what will people say about Grove Church Snohomish and what God did through this group of people? And I want to give you some vision today and I want to give you some ways to pray because I believe that God is asking us and calling us to think eternally and to think how to become generous in this church. So here's some things to write down of things you can throw on your fridge and begin to pray for. Man, every day I thank God that he gave us this performing arts center. This is an awesome facility. I mean, it's amazing auditorium. The kids' spaces really work well now that we've moved things around. This is a great school right in the center of the community, and it's a great blessing to be here. But here's the reality of it. This is not our home. We will not be here forever. And I want you to think and begin to pray right now, where will our home be? I'm asking you to pray for a permanent home for our church. I don't know where it's going to be. I don't know when it's going to happen. But I believe God asks us to pray and to believe him that he's going to provide that facility and that space. Do I love this space? Yeah. Do I, do I want to continue to do set up and tear down? I'll do set up as long as God calls us to do set up and tear down. But there's coming a day, and I don't know when, and I don't know how, and I don't know where, where God will give us a space and give us an area and give us a place that we will call home. And we're asking you and I'm asking you to pray, God, show us where that is. I'm praying bold prayers in my life right now. And I'm praying, this is, this is how bold my prayers. I'm praying that someone just gives us a building for $1. That just walks up to me on some sunny day and says, you know, I heard about what you're doing. I see God moving and we just wanna bless you and give you this building. That's what I'm praying for. That's how big I believe God can move. But I'm asking you to pray and I'm asking you to think about, I'm asking you to, to continue to intercede for what will be the eternal impact of our church, but specifically to pray for a space because this will not be our home forever. I'm gonna ask you to pray for God to stir your heart into taking a step to giving to this body. If you have yet to start regularly giving to this church, and be a part of the mission and the vision of what God's doing here, I'm gonna ask you to pray and consider taking a step in giving. Maybe you give sporadically, maybe you just give in, in small amounts. I'm gonna ask you to start to live generously by first taking a step towards giving something so that God can continue to move his mission forward. I wanna encourage you that a small step in giving is still a step in the right direction. For some of you, you hear the, the 10% thing of your income. You're like, man, I, I, that, that's absurd. I could never do that. That's, that's okay. We'll start moving towards that. Start, start moving towards that line. Because again, this isn't about the church wanting your money. This is about God wanting your heart. And that's what I want you to understand today. This is about God wanting your heart. This is about you today saying, God, all of it, 
All of it is yours. This is all yours. It's all, it's all yours, God. Do what you want with it, God. This is all yours. This is the goal that I believe Christ calls you and I to live. That everything belongs to him. I want you to think about those things. I want you to think about praying and start thinking about how to give to something like missions, like we talked about with Zach today, to start thinking about how to give to benevolence, to start thinking about how to give to fight hunger coming up this week, to help support and bless the Snohomish Feed Bank, to start thinking about this holiday season and how God, how can I give and be a blessing to others to help those in need? I want you to think and pray along those lines. I want you to begin to pray and, and begin to think about the people God's asking you to reach for him. The, the worthy to be found people that you work with every day, that you see at the grocery stores, that you interact with on the sports teams. And I want you to start thinking about God, start giving me opportunity. Start giving me opportunity to tell others about you. One of the things in our, our life group a couple weeks ago that uh, Emma shared that just spoke to me so much, she said, she said, I feel like I have a personal conviction and a personal responsibility to be a fisher of men and women. That it's my job in this life to bring people to Christ. And I love when she said that because I didn't tell her to say that. It wasn't like she was trying to impress me. She said that because that's her personal conviction that she wakes up with every single day. I wanna tell others and reach people for Christ. I want you to think that same way. I wanna wake up every single day, God, and say, Lord, it is my personal mission and conviction to reach others for Jesus Christ. Stir my heart to do that, God. The one thing that we will not do in heaven that we are called to do on this earth is to bring people to Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? Let me end with this quote and I will pray for you today. It says, a life isn't significant except for its impact on others' lives. Think about that for a minute when you think about legacy. What kind of impact will you make on others in this life? How will your resources help others see Christ and know Christ? How will your giving and your generosity leave a lasting impact for God's kingdom? Let me pray for you today. God, I thank you today that faith plus generosity equals eternal impact, equals legacy. Lord, we stand here today once again surrendering our church to you. That this is all for your glory, as we sang earlier today. This is all for the name of Jesus. This is all for others to find you, God. And so we, in one surrender, give it all back to you. We give everything we have to you in complete surrender. That, Lord, you would have your way with our finances. You would have your way with our families. You would have your way with our church. You would have your way in every area of our life. Because, God, we want to give you our hearts. We don't want anything to hinder our relationship with you, God. And so we put you first above all things today. Above every area of our lives, we put you first. And I pray right now, Lord, that you would begin to show us where our permanent home will be. 
Begin to show us people that you're calling us to care for and reach. Begin to stir our hearts to begin to take steps towards generosity because we know, God, your work has always been been provided by your people, God. And so we thank you and we praise you for that in your good name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Snohomish Sermon Podcast. If you want to keep up with us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at grove.church.